1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to MoneyWise. One of my favorite things to do is to talk to folks on the radio every week and try to give a lot of information that I think will be helpful and useful perhaps in your life. So here's my question of the day for you. Do you have enough income coming into your household? Do you have a part-time job? Do you have a full-time job? Or maybe you used to have a full-time job and you don't have that anymore and now you fill it in and you do two or three part-time jobs instead. Or perhaps you might be retired and say, I don't have enough income coming in in retirement. I need to do something part-time. I've always wanted to start a small business or maybe I just need a regular part-time job. So today we're going to be talking about what does this mean, and it's called the gig economy, G-I-G. What does gig mean? Well, think of a musician, for example, when a musician says, well, I've got a gig tonight. Well, a gig means it's a sort of a temporary situation to go out and make some money. It's uh, very popular with musicians and singers and people of that nature. But it describes a much larger reality in America, and it's a very significant part of our economy. And for many people, it's a necessary part of their lifestyle. So first of all, I'd like to say good morning to attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning. It's nice to be here again. So Tenny, I remember a few years ago, uh, you used to work for the Girl Scouts. You worked for them for about 16 years. And then I saw an ad in a magazine once. I thought it was really funny. I ripped it out and showed it to you. And it was a little old lady in her 80s, and she was wearing a brownie uniform, not a Girl Scout, but a brownie uniform. And she had a bunch of Girl Scout cookie boxes under her arms, and she had a cane in the other side, and she was on somebody's doorstep. This was an ad for an insurance company and said, how will you pay for your retirement? Selling Girl Scout cookies, for example. Do you remember that ad that I showed you? I do, and I want to make sure that you know that brownies are Girl Scouts. Okay, thank you for correcting me on that. <laughs> they're just smaller versions of Girl Scouts? or They just, are Girl Scouts. They That's are Girl Scouts. That's okay. name for their group. All right. Well, thank you for correcting me on that very important point. But obviously, people aren't going to go in their 60s and 70s and 80s door-to-door selling Girl Scout cookies, are they? Well, if they did, and if they didn't turn the money into Girl Scouts, they would be in difficulty. So I guess it wouldn't um, be of any benefit to them. Or they would be in small claims court. I remember when you were working for the Girl Scouts, sometimes you had to go to small claims court to go after troop leaders who collected the cookie money and didn't turn the cookie money back in. So many excuses. Oh, my grandmother went back to Maine with all the money. My dog ate the cookies. Oh, and my dog's sick, and I didn't have money to bring it to the vet. Uh, So these are actually true stories, but fortunately it didn't happen that often, but um, it's a sad thing. But So that raises an interesting question. Is there an age limit on Girl Scouts? Could could an older person be a Girl Scout? Uh, People of any age, men and women, can be Girl Scouts after age 18, you are an adult scout. So theoretically, you could have a grandmother in a Girl Scout uniform selling cookies then. Is that correct? No? Uh, Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. All right. All right. We won't go there any further, but 
the gig economy is really important, and in some cases, it's controversial. I wonder how many people listening today are Uber drivers or Lyft drivers. And so you apply, you have a credit card account, so all the money gets onto a credit card and goes into the company, and the company takes out taxes and pays you back and so forth. But there's lots of interesting things about what we call and what we mean by the gig economy and why is it important. Um, if you are a part-time delivery person, if you do typing part-time for somebody, uh, anything that you do of a part-time nature could be considered a gig. And we're going to talk about that today. Um, it's a dangerous thing. It's a new category of workers. But Here's one of the problems with working in the gig economy. Sometimes you don't get paid minimum wage, I would imagine, right? I would assume that be the case, yes. And you wouldn't have normal employment or employee benefits. You wouldn't be paying into Social Security necessarily. Right. I was thinking about um, the statistic that you have in the material that we brought today about how 40% of the workers by 2020 – which is only next year, of course, will be um, on their own, will not be part of a company. And I was thinking, how in heaven's name is the U.S. Treasury and the IRS ever going to keep track of these people? You know, that's a really interesting point from the government side because from the government side, if people are working gigs or working under the table perhaps, how does the government ever collect the tax revenue they need to support all the government functions. And, of course, many years later it will be an impact because uh, those same people will not have Social Security to fall back on because they're not contributing. Well, exactly. And that's a danger. So a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people come in the office and say they've got a part-time job or it's an under-the-table job. Well, that may sound wonderful while you're doing it, but if you're not paying into Social Security, you're not reporting the income, you're not paying Social Security taxes, it really comes back to impact you significantly when you get older and go to collect Social Security. You will, will not have paid much into it. Or if you should be disabled along the way and need SSDI. Yep, excellent point. Uh, disability, uh, in order to collect Social Security disability income, you have to have paid Social Security wages, you have to have paid into the Social Security system. And then later when you turn typically age 66, disability automatically becomes just regular Social Security. A lot of people don't know that either. So what if you're working in the gig economy, part-time jobs, or a series of part-time jobs, and we're going to talk about maybe you don't have a choice sometimes, then if you haven't paid into Social Security, and you become injured, you may not have any government SSDI, Social Security Disability Income Benefits. Which, so, which is a higher paying category than regular SSI. Okay. So it, it does make a difference. Let me give you a few other examples of um, working part-time or working in the gig economy where maybe there's a temptation perhaps not to report income. Um, did you ever hear of Airbnb, where you rent out rooms? Yeah, I always wondered where that term came from. What does that, why, why is it called Airbnb? You know, I don't really know, and I, I, I know what Airbnb is, but I don't really know. 
except that air probably refers to the fact that you can do this online. And right. B&B, maybe it's um, uh, breakfast or oh, something. Oh, bed and breakfast, bed and right. Bed but, and breakfast, yeah. But the air, I don't know. I assume it's because you're on the Internet making the arrangements. I guess. And I know we have um, somebody who uh, works in our office who has um, an apartment in their home, and they collect income from the apartment. But I th- that's a pretty savvy person, so I suspect that they're reporting that income. But right. how many people rent out a room in their house, or they may have an apartment, and maybe they think, well, I'm just not going to bother reporting the income. It comes back later to haunt you because, you, like I said, you have not paid enough into Social Security. So let's talk about a few statistics with the uh, gig economy. And Attorney Jenny Lance, by the way, is located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. And she's the principal in Lance Law, Inc. So right now, using um, certain work platforms, um, a lot of countries, including ours now, more and more people are working, and I'll, I'll use sort of some phrases interchangeably, like off the grid. Um, more and more, there are fewer and fewer permanent full-time jobs, and more and more there are more part-time jobs that are out there for people. And sometimes if a company gets too big and they run, run into problems, they have to lay off people. And then after unemployment, what do you do if you don't have another job that fills that gap? You might have to go out and take a series of part-time jobs or maybe start your own business, things of that nature. Uh, There's freelance people who are working out there right now. They can work as a consultant. You can do that in the finance business. Uh, More people are working from home, and they can set their own hours, and maybe they don't work as many hours any longer. Uh, But transportation, education, I know people who have retired on disability, social security disability for legitimate reasons. I have a friend who had a stroke and became disabled and could not do his regular job any longer, has social security disability income, but he also supplements it with part-time teaching. I know people who have been in the mortgage business up in New Hampshire who now are looking to get back into the teaching business and sometimes on a part-time basis. So there are lots of reasons, but apparently a lot of people who freelance really enjoy it. They like the freedom of it. Well, Um, I was thinking about um, how this ties back to the origins of, of our country, really, or other places where folks who are working in their home, it's often called the cottage industry, they work with their hands, they work uh, in other ways with their brains, and they do it uh, part-time, whether they're knitting things for sale or whether they're doing carpentry work or whatever. Um, it's not totally a new concept. No, it's, it isn't. No, it's an old concept. I mean, I've driven by neighborhoods near where we live, and I see uh, stacks of wood out front saying wood for sale or eggs for sale and things of that nature. So people do little things to try to generate income, don't they? Right. So I I have to just give you a couple of quotations this morning. I did prepare some. All I have to do is put my fingers on them. And some of them relate to the gig economy. Some of them don't exactly, but they're fun anyway. This is from um, Moby Dick, Herman Melville. I know not all that may be coming, 
but be it what it will, I'll go to it laughing. <laughs> I just like the quotation. Well, Sorry that just... actually describes, I think, a lot of people who are in this economy because they are very comfortable with uh, setting their own hours and setting their own prices and sort of being their own boss. It's, it's very important to them. But sometimes you have no choice. You have to go out and figure out what else can I do to make money. Um, the real estate industry is a good example of that. A lot of people have full-time jobs, but they don't feel like they have enough income. Maybe they'll get their real estate license and become a part-time real estate broker. That's fairly common in that industry. And, um, but you have to sometimes prepare and you have to sometimes sit down and think, what else could I do? Are there things that I could do from home? Should I write books? Should I write novels? Should I uh, do something on a part-time basis to volunteer? And mostly you need to get prepared if you're thinking about doing that, don't you? Right. So here's a quotation from Abraham Lincoln, which I've always liked. If I had nine hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend the first six hours sharpening my axe. <laughs> you got to prepare. So let's say that you don't have enough income coming in or you want to do something different or maybe you want to try to switch to a different career or perhaps you want to start your own business. You don't just go out one day and say, yep, I'm going to go down and rent this store and I'm going to set up the shop and do this. You have to prepare for it, don't you? Yes, I can remember when our kids were very young and um, it, it often does not make sense for young mothers to go back to work because they spend all their money on daycare. So I thought back then about, gee, what kind of a store could I open where I could have my kids with me? And uh, that's what a lot of people do, I think. They realize that the expenditure of funds going to work is almost as great as not going to work. So let's try something different. Well, over the years, I know, Tenny, in Lance Law, Inc., you've done work to help people set up corporations and set up businesses. So have I over the years. And sometimes what I tell people is, unless it's something that you really know what you're doing, you don't necessarily have to set up a corporation right away, but you want to maybe file a doing business certificate. If you want to do something that operates out of your house, you better do a quick check of your zoning bylaws in your city or town because... Maybe you can and maybe you can't. There are some things you can do in a house. You can be a lawyer. You can be an accountant. You can provide certain kinds of services. But there's some things that you couldn't do inside of a house because of zoning bylaws. So you need to check and find out what's allowable in your house. Then you need to have a plan. And we're always available to sit down and talk to you about what is your dream? What would you like to do? Uh, what, what steps do you have to take to get that going? What resources are out there? Should you take educational courses to learn something? Should you take courses at uh, New Bedford Regional uh, Vocational School, for example? Oh, and, and UMass Dartmouth um, Extension Service, or whatever it's called these days, I'm sorry, um, has a very good program that it often runs to help entrepreneurs set up their proper business structure, whether it's accounting or bookkeeping uh, um, services or anything like that. It's been a really terrific addition to this area. Maybe you'd like to be a tax preparer and do tax returns. Yep. I know a lot of people do that from their home. Yep. Uh, lots and lots of things you can do. 
but you have to have some kind of a plan. Ayn Rand, who is a famous writer in this country, said, the question isn't who's going to let me, it's who is going to stop me. Well, that's a good attitude. I think it's a good philosophy. She had a very interesting philosophy anyway. But let's come back to the gig economy. So one of the most important dangers of the gig economy is not being set up correctly, uh, not having a doing business certificate filed with your city or your town, and most importantly, not filing um, for your income, not reporting your income. It will impact your Social Security benefits, as we've said. But what about things like health insurance? What about things like accident insurance? If you're making enough money, you need to think about those things because if all you're doing is these part-time jobs, you're simply not going to have those kinds of resources available for you. And um, sometimes you work for more than one company, too, and that can be an issue. But will you collect at least minimum wages if you do this? And are you an independent contractor or are you an employee when you're doing these part-time jobs? So lately the government's been trying to attack people who claim that they are independent contractors and don't have to pay into the social security system and basically trying to classify them as dependent contractors and say, no, you're an employee. You need to have all the withholding and everything else. So I wonder if we could ever get a, a good handle on how many people work in the gig economy, the part-time economy. It's estimated that it could be as much as 30 or 40% of the country. Yeah, that, that just surprises me. And I'm, I'm not sure does that uh, encompass the small farmer who um, works for himself. I, don't, I really don't know exactly uh, what the gig economy is defined as. Well, one of the things that I said earlier is that um, if you think as much as a century ago, musicians used to use a gig for a date or an engagement. Yeah, I've got a gig tonight. But from there, it's translated into more, um, and even as recently as the 50s, when people take it now to mean any kind of a job that you need to take just to keep your life together, to pay your bills. And... Um, a real job is considered to be something that's more permanent. So it's sort of a slang term in a way for a temporary job, but for some people it becomes a way of life. And um, if you look at some of the materials that I put together, if anybody would like materials here, by the way, just give us a call. We'd be happy to send you more information. Um, call USA Wealth Group at any time at 508-998-8858. We'll be happy to share information. Uh, and provide information to you. But um, sometimes the gig economy is called the on-demand economy. Part-time jobs. How about Christmas and seasonal jobs? They're not exactly what we call a gig job, but you no right. longer have Sears Roebuck, for example. Here's a good example of people who worked for many years, um, and they no longer have a job working for Sears. Sears recently closed down their main store and. Uh, Dartmouth, Mass., for example. However, I know an interesting uh, relationship about that. Um, I know a lady who worked for Sears for something like 35 years here locally in the Dartmouth store. And when Sears closed, she was sort of glad to be rid of having to go there for her hours every week. 
And so now she is producing um, some items that people really are interested in buying. She's making these things at home. And I won't go further into that because if I did, I think people could identify who this is. Was this <laughs> but, the cat lady? Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew a lady that makes these fancy uh, chlorine stations for cats so they can scramble up the side of them, they can sit on top of they can sharpen their nails on them and cat houses and things like that. Exactly. And they're beautiful. And yep. she sells them and, and that's uh, her way of now producing her income. Well, think about all the things that people do. Uh, caregivers. We have some very good caregiving agencies in this area, and they're licensed, and they have employees, and the people who work for them are covered by workers' comp insurance, which is something else you don't have if you're working a real gig. You don't, you're not covered by workers' comp if you get injured. But there are some very good agencies that provide home care, so if you have an older relative or family member that can't take care of themselves, you can call up one of these agencies and hire somebody and you pay the hourly fee and you have the confidence in knowing that you've got somebody who's licensed, whose background has been checked, who has insurance in case you know something happens in the home, they fall down themselves. But yet there are a lot of people who do caregiving and they don't work for an agency and they sort of work under the table and when you hire somebody like that, often you don't know how to do a background check. But that's another example of people who work in, you know, the so-called gig economy. can be very dangerous for people because of all the things that you talked about. But in addition, these people are, are effectively working as independent contractors. But do they meet the legal definition of that? And if you happen to be caught employing somebody who is not really meeting that definition, you can be the one ending up having to pay uh, penalties and fines and IRS uh, implications all over the place. So that's a good point. There's an important distinction there. Number one, you may decide you want to work in the gig economy and do some of those kinds of things and not report the income and you're going to take your chances. But what if you're somebody who wants to hire somebody to work for you? Yeah, it's the employer who is responsible for defining the job and defining whether or comparing the, the definition with the law and whether or not that person really is an independent contractor. So let's talk about that for just a minute. We're talking with attorney Tenny Lance from uh, Lance Law, Inc. Let's say you hire somebody and you figure, I don't want to pay the hourly wages for an agency. I know a friend who hired somebody helping them, I'm going to hire the same person. A, they could steal from you. B, they could fall down in your house. And guess what happens if the person who's working for you falls down and gets injured in your house and you've hired them and they're not covered by workers' comp insurance, they can sue you. They can put a lien against your house. And what happens if there's a fallout at some point and um, you don't any longer employ this person, but the person is pretty mad at you for the fallout that you had, and they report you anonymously to the attorney general's office for not having paid you the wages required of a non-independent contractor. Maybe not paying you minimum wages. Right. So or what's taking happening? out Social Security. Yep. What's happening in a lot of states now is that there are lawsuits being filed 
trying to reclassify people who work as individual jobs or individual gigs as employees rather than independent contractors. And although it's done really for the protection of the person who's hiring somebody, the employer, it's also done because cities and towns want to collect more money for taxes. And more money gets diverted into part-time positions and those kinds of things means less tax revenue and the social system starts to break down, doesn't it? Right. I want to give you a quotation from Thomas Jefferson, which I just happen to like. In matters of style, swim with a current. In matters of principle, stand like a rock. I've always liked some of the older guys. But, um, you know, I like motivational kinds of quotations as well. Uh, J.M. Barry wrote Peter Pan. Remember the, the book and the movie and the story Peter Pan? This is a good quotation. The moment you doubt whether you can fly, you cease forever to be able to do it. <laughs> so you have to have uh, some belief in yourself and belief in was. what you're doing. Well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to take a little, a little further look at the gig economy. And if you want to do this, what should you do to prepare? And what does it mean now that we're in the digital age for computers and things of that nature? So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the MoneyWise show that tries to bring you some interesting ideas every week that might make a difference in your life, ideas that you can use to help protect your family or protect your money. If you'd like assistance in the area of financial matters and retirement planning and um, perhaps how to insure your car or your house and whether you should get different quotations, Give us a call at 508-998-8858. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road. We're there to help you. And on the other part of the building is attorney Tenny Lance and Lance Law, Inc. And welcome back, Tenny. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So we're talking about something that probably impacts somebody in your family, if not yourself. How many people think or do something of a part-time nature or think about something of a part-time nature. So you've got your regular job. Maybe it's okay. Maybe it doesn't quite provide the amount of income that you want to get. And um, maybe you're looking to do something on a part-time job basis. And maybe it's a real part-time job with a company. And a lot of the job creations that are being announced in the news periodically really have to do with part-time jobs more than full-time jobs. And companies, although they may hire people, they don't always hire just full-time employees. And they often look to lay off people who are the higher paid employees so they can cut their payroll budget. What do you do if that happens to you? Have you always wanted to be in business for yourself or have you dreamed about setting up some kind of a business for yourself? That's a little bit different from the gig economy. The gig economy more is things that are under the table or part-time or things that you do on an occasional basis because it's a way to produce some additional income. The word freelance um, seems to apply to this. And um, looking at some of the statistics that relate to this freelance economy in the U.S., um, somebody has put together facts that say that in 2015, not too long ago, 
Nearly 54 million Americans participated in some form of independent work. Holy cow, that's about 33%, or it was, of all of the U.S. workforce back then, and not uh, too long ago. So it's growing, and it's really amazing. Mm -hmm. It is, and I think that as a society, uh, Americans tend to be very industrious, and we don't take a lot of vacation time. Americans take fewer vacation days and weeks than Europeans do, for example. Any other developed country, right. Because we always think we need to be busy, we need to be productive, we need to be doing something. I wonder how many people grow their own vegetables. And if they do, I wonder how many people sell some of those vegetables. I know where we live, uh, Tenny, and we won't mention the street or anything, but at any given time you can drive around the corners and you can buy corn and there's a box out front and you can put 50 cents per ear uh, if you want two ears of corn you put a dollar in the box and you take two ears and it's great corn isn't it it's wonderful corn and it's it's amazing how it works this has been going on in the fall late summer for years and people are very um uh proper in what they do they don't steal they don't just take the corn it works no you have to be some kind of a real sleazy person to walk up and just walk away with a couple of ears of corn wouldn't you (laughs) not put a dollar in the box but uh in the same area i've seen people selling honey i've seen a sign that said flowers for sale Uh, we recently took a trip up in the part of canada and we saw all kinds of stands selling flowers beside the road and nobody there. You just put your money in the box and take a bunch of flowers. Yep. It's another way to make money. If yep. you like looking at the pretty flowers and then you want to sell some, well, that's part of the gig economy, isn't it? I guess it is. Some more statistics. Till the winter comes. <laughs> some ahead. more statistics that are interesting. Within the European Union, which is, of course, the majority of Europe these days, give or take Britain now, um, There was a 45% increase in the number of independent workers just in one year. It's it's just amazing. Well, I think at any given time, no matter what your job is, um, you need to be thinking about what's the next step. What happens if there's a layoff where you work? What happens if work changes? What else could you do? What are you qualified to do? And just as importantly, What do you like to do? What interests you? So should you be taking courses? Should you be thinking about, gee, what happens if the rumors are true and maybe there's going to be some layoffs here? What else could I be doing? And maybe it's the time to turn a a part-time interest into a a larger job. And as you said, what kinds of things do you uh, need to have with you if you're going to do this? I think it's interesting that as technology has evolved, so has this gig economy because um, you have smartphones, and they function really as small computers, and you can keep them with you. You don't need what's called a landline anymore. And um, it, th- that alone has driven this economy. Sure, and yet at the same time, while more people are using cell phones and not mobile phones, I know Verizon is planning to invest a huge amount of money in technology for the new 5G networks. So does that mean more jobs or does it mean fewer jobs? You know, things change. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, uh, written by Lewis Carroll, he said, I can't go back to yesterday because I was a different person then. 
Well, the same thing happens in the economy and the job market. Things change constantly, don't they? Right. And um, you have to be thinking of what else can you do? What's your next step? What's your part-time step in? If something happened in your main job, could you step up your part-time situation and make it a full-time job? Or will the world evolve so that virtually um, 90% or so of the workers are working on their own because they can? Mm -hmm. They don't need a workstation. Just think of the impact on office space. If you can work on your own and you can work from home, why do you need um, a 8 by 10 cubicle called an office to work in? Mm -hmm. You really don't? Yep. So if you work for a newspaper, for example, and... Uh, we've seen declining sales in newspapers. What do people do if they're reporters? Do they go out and get a teaching job? Do they start writing? There's other kinds of things you could be doing. What if you work for a radio station and more things become automated? Um, maybe you do. You get into marketing and production. We um, have our technician here who is smiling and sort of thinking about that. Uh, he's hmm. a special friend. <laughs> but you know what? You have to always be thinking about what else could I do with my skills? Could I do advertisements for somebody? Mark Twain once said, don't go around saying the world owes you a living. The world owes you nothing. It was here first. <laughs> you like that one? I like that one. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really impressed thinking about how all of this is going to impact the way America functions over time. I mean, if, if nobody is contributing or few people are contributing into the Social Security system because they're all working under the table, what happens to our support system as people get older? It's all going to have to be re-looked at and changed and upgraded and, and made uh, to work in, in the different situation. Well, in some ways you could argue that it's a, it's a different kind of economy that's evolving. And jobs tend to evolve. I mean, a hundred so years ago, we didn't have cars. And look how big the automobile industry is today. I was thinking about that and thinking about all of these new uh, vehicles that are being produced now, these um, little um, self-propelled um, devices where you can just hop on, go to the grocery store, and hop back to home and not have a great big vehicle there with you. Mm-hmm. That will certainly happen in cities. It doesn't necessarily happen in suburban areas or country areas. But um, how about the digital age, the fact that everything is digital online today? I know people who make a living by buying and selling things on, uh, uh, on the Internet. Right. And there are a number of sites where you can do that. Craigslist, for example. Right. Um, I know somebody who is a Ph.D., um, but he's also from Mississippi, lives in Atlanta, and very smart guy, works in the defense industry, very important business, but every single day he goes onto Craigslist and he looks at the list of things that are free. And then he goes out with his pickup truck and he picks up things, and then he resells them and reuses them because it's, it's frugality. It's Even though he makes very good money probably, for him it's something of, how could I make some additional money? And he's also a very creative mind. I mean, you have to be, you have to be on the edge of things. You have to be thinking about uh, options and possibilities to be able to do this. So 
What about educating yourself more about how to use computers? I know lots of people right now that work on the computer and they work from their home and they can put in the hours that they want. They have to log in if they're working for a particular company so the company can track that you're actually doing some work from home. But more and more people are gonna be working from home and especially in the computer area. So what we're looking at really is lifelong learning. You have to think about what are your skills? Um, maybe you were born in Portugal and you speak Portuguese and English. Well, maybe you could be a translator someplace. Maybe you could be a court translator, which are needed occasionally. There's lots of things you can do on a part-time basis. There's an Irish proverb that says, you will never plow a field if you only turn it over in your mind. So sometimes you have to take some steps and get out there and do some things. Um, and one of my other favorite people that I like to quote, and I'm amazed at the number of things that Abraham Lincoln wrote. So he once said, bear in mind that your own resolution to succeed is more important than any other. You have to have some kind of an idea, some kind of a, a will, some kind of a determination to do something, don't you? Yes, I'm, I'm like you, I'm always amazed at the, um, the fact that he can take very complex um, ideas or concepts and reduce them to something that makes sense to everybody. Just a short, brief saying. He was such a bright man. So the challenge today, I think, is really to think about having multiple things that you could do or additional things that you might be able to pick up on um, if something happened to your main job. And one of the main concerns that I have in my office is seeing how many people who go into retirement who are simply not prepared. They haven't saved enough, they haven't done enough, and the issue is how are they gonna get by in retirement? Um, they may have social security, and I don't expect social security to go away, by the way. I know. I really don't. Um, it would collapse the economy if it did. It would collapse the federal budget if it did. It's obviously going to need to be changed and upgraded in some way in order to continue. And well, you've talked about ways that that could happen, but. It has to do with um, Congress uh, and the president having the courage to make changes. Um, already there are, uh, there's a, uh, a bill that has passed through the House of Representatives and it's stuck in the Senate at the moment. We've mentioned it before, it's called the SECURE Act, which will um, allow people to wait a little longer before they take money out of their retirement account. Why? Because people are working longer for one thing. And secondly, um, it allows money to accumulate a little longer. But then when you go to take the money out, especially if you inherit an IRA, you have to take it out faster than in the past so they can tax it better. So Congress is always tinkering with these things. But let's say you're a typical retiree and you retire, and all of a sudden you've got Social Security income, and that's your only income you've got coming in. How do you get by? How do you survive? So retirees in particular are gonna to need to think about if they haven't put enough money aside for a traditional kind of retirement, how in fact are they gonna survive? And one of the ways is by doing uh, sharing jobs or part-time jobs. Maybe you could be a part-time babysitter. Maybe you could walk your neighbor's dog who's still working and you could become a professional dog walker and you could line up you know, a half a dozen dogs to walk every single day. 
I have a friend who does that, and she's doing very well. That's right. I forgot about that. She actually, um, this is a thought for you folks out there. She actually, because she's a single woman, um, she goes to people's houses and stays when they go on vacation. So you don't have to even worry about people coming into and out of your house and whether or not they're going to uh, show up. This lady actually lives in your place and takes care of your animals. So she's, she's not only is she getting paid for that, but she's uh, able to reduce her own living costs. It's a, I thought it was a very smart concept that she put together. So I, I suppose at some point, if it hasn't been done already, somebody will be organizing this in a, in a different kind of a way. So you don't have to necessarily go out and look for your, your own job. But you have to think about what are you capable of doing. Um, we have a client who's 85 who uh, works still part-time in uh, Walmart. Yes. That's a little unusual. But if you haven't put enough money aside and we can help you evaluate that, then you might need to be thinking about doing some kind of a gig. could be an occasional thing. could be part-time Christmas work. Um, it could be something, as Tenny just suggested, of being a professional dog walker. Well, it's a new approach. I mean, there, are, there have been, always been dog walkers, but her approach is to actually move in <laughs> and cut her living expenses. I wonder if she gets to eat the food, too. I'm sure she does. <laughs> well, that's not a bad thing to do. No. So, But freelancing is certainly growing in this country. Um, as job market changes take place, more and more people uh, work for themselves. Uh, we can show you how to set up a business. If you've got an idea for a business or you've got a little money saved and you want to take on a franchise, for example, uh, we can talk about that. There's lots of things we can show you how to do that. Um, so freelancing is growing. Technology is helping people do freelancing. Um, if you worked as a in an office job and you know how to type, you could be doing part-time work. You could be doing part-time work from home, couldn't you? Yes, and many people do. Um, somebody close to us works uh, from home on Fridays, and uh, somebody else is able to take his computer home at the end of the day and actually work from his home office. It's a it's a real um, it's a real fine thing to be able to do to not have to travel in and stay in your pajamas all day. Well, if that's what you want to do, you could. <laughs> But it's estimated that freelancers contribute at least $1 trillion annually in earnings into our economy. So it actually is a very important part of the economy. Uh, whether you have used Uber or not, I've used Uber only once, I think, and it was okay. And I have an, an Uber account. Um, but I've seen, I've seen things even around this area, cars around this area, that indicate that they're a, an Uber driver or a Lyft driver. Not Absolutely. a bad way. If you get extra time and you've got a vehicle, that might not be a bad way to make some extra money. So um, what, what are the negatives of doing um, part-time work? Uh, like I said, you don't typically have benefits. You don't typically have health insurance. And you don't know that you're going to have a market for your services on a regular basis. You have to um, – part of the problem is connecting you with your talents and your capabilities and products to whoever might want them out there. So that's a, that's a kind of a connection issue. Mm -hmm. And you need to schedule your hours. 
Um, if you're going to do part-time things where you're going to be on call, uh, you may need to be very flexible in your own schedule. But benefits is a big thing. If you're 65 and older, then probably you're going to be on Medicare for your main health insurance. So your cost of health insurance might not be as as large, but um, still it's something that's uh, very important. So, um, Tenny, would you like to be, how do I describe this? Would you I'm like afraid. to be a little old lady someday that does part-time work? I guess is my question. <laughs> well, probably not because I'm the type of person that um, – prefers structure. I prefer getting up at a similar time every day. I prefer having the responsibility to get into the shower and dressed and into the office. Uh, but a lot of people don't have that kind of uh, mental um, situation, mm-hmm. and they're much more comfortable being at home and productive there. Well, the, the most important message about all of this is that it's an in- increasingly a very important part of our economy. Part-time workers, freelance workers, people setting up their own businesses. And sometimes they do it from necessity. They have to have additional income coming in. And sometimes they do it because they simply want to have a different kind of a career. And one way to find out about that is to start doing it on a part-time basis. One of my uh, people I like to quote occasionally is um, Mark Twain. And he said, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. But I think most people need to think about what else do I wanna do, what else could I be doing? And then of course Walt Disney also said, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. So I think more importantly today, the gig economy ultimately I think is good for economy is good for the society, it's good for our economy, but it's also a very individual thing. And it's going to make vast differences in our um, social structure and our political structure, all kinds of ways that it's going to impact the future. Okay, so um, what you do is something you could do on a part-time basis if you chose to, Tenny, when you think about it. Um, Not much. I am not multi-talented. I'm not a good cook. <laughs> you know that. I am <laughs> No comment. <laughs> Politely he does declines to say anything. Uh I don't have a lot of skills with my hands like making clothing or knitting or anything like that. So I do better working with my brain. Well, I like to work with my brain and I like to talk. Yes. Do you think I like to talk? <laughs> Just um, the things that we can agree on, yes. <laughs> so here's, here's one of the things that I could do, for example. I've always thought that it would be interesting to teach younger people in particular how to make more money and how to save more money and how to save money for retirement. So I could do a series of lectures or I could do a course and I could have it on audio and I could have it on video and I could have a text to accompany it. And you've always wanted to write the great novel. Well, I'll, I'll never write the great novel. That's that's really less important to me. But I'm I'm more interested in writing things that I think would be helpful and teach people. So I, I probably need to follow advice of Winston Churchill. He said, 
Never give up on something you can't go a day without thinking about. So if you've been thinking about something for a long time, I'd like to do this, I'd like to do this, I'd like to do this someday. Well, you know, someday is today, isn't it? Go out and do it. Well, we are. I'm, I'm actually working on a couple of writing projects right now. But you got to start something. you got to think about the future. you got to think about helping younger kids, uh, spending more time with grandchildren, maybe become a, a caregiver for grandchildren. But our economy is changing. If you haven't put aside enough money for a normal retirement or a comfortable retirement, maybe you need to do something. And assuming you're physically and mentally able, the time to think about it maybe is even just before you retire, isn't it? Or for a while before you retire so that you're properly prepared, yes. But if you are thinking about doing something that's going to be a little bit more structured, regular, maybe you're going to market and advertise for it, you should get some legal advice from attorney Tenny Lance and just call her at 508-998-8800 and sit down if you're make sure that you're doing the correct legal things that you need to do to be off doing something that's going to be uh, your opportunity. Uh, remember the name Milton Berle, Tenny? Oh, he was so funny. Milton Berle said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Very good. And then one of my favorites of all time is Warren Buffett, too. Someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. And Warren Buffett is a very good example because he began his career right here in New Bedford. Yes, he did. From small beginnings into a big future. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening today. Work part-time, make some money, make a plan, do something. Thank you for listening.